Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Osiris. are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. It is it's December. It's holiday season. It's the end of the year. It also means that we are coming to the end of our 40 for 40 series. And while I was prepping for this episode, I kept thinking that Curveball and Casvot Vox, they were not that long ago. You know, this is really modern era fish. It's almost the end of 3.0, and it's wild that we're already there. And today, we're going to be discussing November 2nd, 2018 from Las Vegas, Nevada. RJ and Brian are out, but I am joined by two Vegas professionals. I have Jonathan Hart (laughs) and HF Pod alum and a huge part of our Osiris family, Matt Dwyer. Hello. Jonathan, I'm so glad you're here, Matt. How are you? Yes, I am doing great. I, uh, I'm, I've been locked in a closet since the last time everybody saw me, uh, but you guys let me out. This is so much fun. Yeah. We had to bring you on for this show because you, you saw some of these shows from this run. So we're excited that you're here I did, to yeah. talk to us about it. Awesome. How are you, Jonathan? I, I'm good. I was just going to say, this is also like, these are, it's 2018. These are the days when, you know, Matt was on the show and, uh, we were, you know, bantering and bickering and all the things that we did quite regularly and these are 
kind of an exciting time for the podcast. You know, we were growing. Things were happening. And uh, Matt's like, were we? Were they? Were they? <laughs> I, I think this we was, were. Oh, yeah. This was yeah. Like the exciting times. Yeah. Yeah, live you guys are doing a lot of live events, right? Stuff. I don't even remember if we did any in 2018 now. We did several in 20. We did one in 2018, uh, Fall mm-hmm. Tour. We did Hampton. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Coliseum or yep, well, we did near Hampton one. Coliseum. And, uh, yep. Yep. And RJ's then, uh, 100th show was that weekend. It was. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was super fun. And uh, yeah, that's one thing that always sticks out to me. We did do another, it wasn't a public event, but it was a an event in Vegas, live streamed. The day after the Casvot Vox show, myself and RJ talked with, uh, and Tom uh, talked with um, Mark Brownstein and Jesse Lauder uh, about our reactions. Nice. And Benji, sorry, Benji was there as well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Wow, so that's all, quite a, uh, quite a yeah. crew. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So we were in the Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas, empty venue in the middle of the afternoon, live streaming. Um, and it I've was done one of those. Really yeah. fun, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great lineup too. What a fun crew. And how uh, you know opportunistic is it that we're talking about a Vegas show in this of all weeks in Fish history? Right. I don't know about you guys, but I have Vegas on my mind. I've been booking rooms. I've been making doing flights. I'm like. I'm in. You guys going to go? In. You and so many fish fans. I'm not going. I've got too many other things afoot in 2024. That year's not real. That can't be real. <laughs> I know, right? It does not seem wow. real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go yet. I'm on the fence. I'm going to wait and see. I haven't seen fish in Vegas since 1996. Wow. And Whoa. that experience was <laughs> wild. I have some really intense stories about that weekend. <laughs> um, but everyone knows what happens there, happened there on stage at least. And it was pretty crazy, but I haven't been back since then to see fish there. And that would be, it would be pretty incredible. So I don't know. I'm trying to decide. Vegas isn't my favorite place to go, but it's going to be, this is going to be pretty amazing. But for fish. Good place yeah. for fish. I it's have a really to good place for fish. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's hard yeah, because awesome. now I don't get to go because I have kids and they still like me around on Halloween. So it's like now I can never go, but soon enough that will end and then I'll be one of those people who gets to go see fish on Halloween. I'd just there like to go. point out that um, April is not Halloween, so you're halfway That's there. That's true. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. It's not Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I know. It seems pretty awesome. I think it's going to be so interesting to see kind of the fish show translated to that space. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, no, no seems, matter how you slice it. It seems like there's a, almost like a lot of controversy on the internet. Like people are either like thrilled that they're going to do this or they're kind of pissed about it and think for one reason or another, it's going to water down the show or they're not going to take advan- proper advantage of the sphere or the sphere is not going to be fun to be in or something like that. And I keep coming back to like, A, they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't confident that they can make it work and i'm sure yeah has been to one of the u2 shows i'm sure they've been you know touring the building and, and checking out what's possible i think the other thing is that people are comparing it to the only thing that's happened there which is the u2 show and you know seeing this very coordinated with the video bombastic not really much lighting that's u2's thing right i mean they're right. doing u2 in this space and i think fish is going to do fish in the sphere. And I think they're going to find a way to utilize the space and the technology in ways that we will not even anticipate. Um, and I think it's going to be amazing. I think that's exactly right, Matt. So I've been kind of 
sitting back and watching all the conversation and what you just said is spot on. Um, Tom chimed in on a conversation somewhere on the internet just last night or today, Tom Marshall, and, and said, based on no insider information, he made that disclaimer, why <laughs> that, you know, the video, the which is, you know, the deal, right, for the Sphere. Sphere's yeah. got this amazing sound system and weird kind of layout, but also this massive, you know, immersive video situation. And he points out correctly that, it, you know, this is, Kuroda's not really going to, he may, he's going to have, he's certainly involvement, but there's other people are going to be, in, have to be involved in that. And mm. Fish is going to use the best people. They always have. They always totally. Well, the, they the, uh, work hard to give us the best experiences that they can. And yeah, and a little bit of not to, not to interrupt you, but a little bit of information ahead. has come out about that uh, as well. Um, and I kind of predicted this and it was confirmed on Instagram last night that the moment factory is involved in right. wow. doing this with them. And they're the folks for people who don't know who did like, uh, they've done a lot of video elements. They did the drive in at Magna ball. Um, I believe they were uh, responsible for the whales uh, at MSG, um, you know, things like That's that. That's awesome. So, you know, there's going to be a very, very unique approach to it. Absolutely. And I think it's part of why we didn't get fish at the sphere this year, not just because you two had a big block. I think if, if it had been something that they could have gone and done and just done, they mm. would have, but that's mm. not how fish would do it. So they take the time they need, pick the right date and uh, and and that's also probably why it's only four shows, whereas a band like you two will do it for a month. Uh, Fish, that's a it, it's that much more. And once everybody walks out of there after the first night, they're going to know why. There's only four. They're special. They're calling them unique experiences, and I'm sure they will be. And everybody yeah. who goes is going to have a great time. Totally, I think I they're going to be amazing. And I'm not paid so to say that. Not- they're not going to be able to stream them or anything, though, right? Because of the setup, the nature of the setup. I'm so curious is if we'll be able to watch if we're not going. Who knows? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good question. It won't be the same, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, if it's possible, they'll they'll find a way. Uh, how much money you got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. I mean, I have no doubt Fish is going to absolutely just crush that experience. I think it's going to be incredible. I, yeah. I'm really excited and. Yeah, I hope I hope you can get there, Matt. That's awesome. And who knows? You never know. It might happen for me too. I may have a hotel room booked. You know, I'm not gonna lie. But uh, you know, you never know what happens. You never know. You never know. You gotta keep your options nice. open. Yeah. Um, I have a voicemail that I think we should play to get into 2018, but I have one announcement that I wanted to make before that because MSG is less than a month away. And at HFPod, we have an event that we are doing on 1229. So we're going to be doing a pre-party hang with the Dude of Life and his band. So I'll be there with RJ and Mike Greenhouse, the editor of Relics, and we're going to be doing an HFPod live recap of night one. And then Benji Eisen and Mike will interview the Dude of Life, and then his band is going to perform. So it's going to be really fun. It's just a few blocks from MSG at Hill Country Barbecue. The doors are open at 3, HF Pod recaps at 3.30, and then the interview and music is 4 to 6. So there's still plenty of time to get out, get your food, get to MSG. So RJ and I will be hanging out after we do our recap. So we'd love to see lots of people there. So we'll put a ticket link in the episode. Um, and, of course, it'll be on all of our socials. Jonathan, you're not going to be able to come to MSG, are you? 
No, no, but I'm thinking about that barbecue right now. I might be hungry. Yeah, yeah, right? Maybe that will tempt you to come up. Um, Matt, are you coming down? Or up? You know, it's this is what I always say about MSG. We don't have anything planned, (laughs) but I'm sure we're going to wind up there for a night or two. Um, Awesome. My parents actually proactively told us that uh, they can watch our daughter uh, on New They did not. That's so so great. (laughs) I was even thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I guess we'll go then. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably see you there. That's awesome. Okay, good. (laughs) Matt will be at the HF Pod pre-party. I'm already calling it now. Okay, so I'm going to try to play this voicemail. You know, this is something that RJ does, and um, we'll see if I can do it here. So I forgot to check it with you guys beforehand, so that's always it's always good. Um, let's see here. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. It's me again. It's me again. Uh, I just have a question. I actually just thought about it. Did, do you only get one opportunity to um, – walk 10 miles into a concert that's been canceled because uh in 2018 my buddies and i were uh uh at the uh rest area uh about uh i don't know 50 miles uh east of uh watkins glen when we found out that curveballs got canceled and we were like okay let's go just get a room at the holiday inn in albany and a 12 pack of saradac and cry um whereas 14 years earlier they were like coventry's canceled and i was like too bad. No, it isn't. And I walked like, you know, 10 miles with a a bag of shoes. I don't even know what I had. Uh, I didn't have needed a bag of shoes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's hope he did. I'm going to record this again. (laughs) Okay. So he did not record it again, but um, (laughs) me again with another great story. I should have probably given a trigger warning before we played that, but uh, yeah, Jonathan, you were, I know you were, at or almost at curveball. I don't know if you were Matt, but we probably should just talk about it for a minute. Yeah, Matt, you got inside, didn't you? Did you? Um, I think you're muted, though. Um, yes, sorry. Yeah, um, right. yeah, we uh, we got in. We were like super, super early getting there. We got we didn't do the Glen Close thing, but we got there so early that we were just like across from the Glen Close. It's like a town. risk between you. Right by yeah. the stage. Yeah, right by the stage. If you if you remember um Magnaball, there was like the entrance that was next to the stage. We were like right there and um set up our amazing campsite. We somehow got like a whole bunch of cars together. We met at a Walmart. We all caravaned in, set up this amazing campsite, cracked a beer, and we're about to walk over to listen to Soundcheck and <sighs> saw the announcement that it was canceled. And I saw it on the internet first before they made the announcement on the radio. And I told everybody at our campsite and they were like, Oh, ha ha ha. Don't joke about that. <laughs> like, no, seriously, serious. And until they heard on the radio, nobody believed me. Um, so we stayed there that night and we did everything that curveball had to offer. Uh, we, <laughs> which is everything you the, brought in all of the, yes, all of the high ABV beer that I was planning to spread throughout the entire trip, right. all of it, drank that night we uh at one point we like went up to like the very top of like the bleachers above the racetrack um there was like a whole party up there of i mean there was a band playing and in the campground and you know it was a it was a big crazy party but everybody was super pissed yeah oh the sticker jonathan you were there right with rj so we, we weren't there. We were in an RV 
and we Ooh. were, I think we were just shy of New York State. <laughs> and we were listening to the uh, inner satellite radio programming. And that's when we heard the announcement. And we stopped at like the first RV park we we saw, basically. <laughs> like, uh, crap, we gassed up. We looked, you know, internet mapped from r- wherever the hell we were, rural Pennsylvania. And uh, found, went into the first RV park we could find. RJ called in and did like a, a phone-in spot on Jump Radio. Uh, no way. <laughs> we uh we cursed a lot, drank some beers, and then we got a got some messages from some friends who were at a very nearby uh campground and had a whole row of RVs. So we drove we bailed and drove over there and you know, we just had a little camping weekend. It sucked. We recorded yeah. a uh, HF pod in the in the RV with our crew. <laughs> um because we had all kinds of stuff planned, you know, like yeah. you know, we were going to do live yeah. podcasts in the in the campground, and I don't even remember anymore. I've blocked a lot of it out, but um, yeah, we rolled up on this row of RVs and friends of ours, and they were bringing out all the food that they had brought. So they were <laughs> frozen lasagnas, steaks, sausages, and. And everything else that they brought, it was it was a night. Um, and sometimes, if those of you who watch, I don't have it today. I should have should have remembered. If you see me drinking from a coffee mug with dinosaurs on it, that's my mug from that RV lot uh, in the middle of Pennsylvania. Um, anyways, depressing. Could have been great. I know. I think I'll never forget the images of Trey when he found out those pictures of him just looked so sad. I I think we were all sad, but I think he was the most sad, maybe. It was just devastating. He's on stage, like, oh, it's awful. Yeah, they were ready. I think they were really ready to sound check and have a great weekend. Um, So, yeah, not the same as the other time they canceled the fest, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just pissed that we didn't get to walk through the minefield. That was that's what I was looking forward to. Especially yeah. after they they <laughs> let the cat out of the bag later about what it was actually going to be. That was hilarious. That story is so funny. It's so funny. And didn't isn't there a story that John Fishman like hung out with the mimes after? Like apparently yeah. he like went Fishman and drank was in and hung the campground and such that night apparently, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. so like um yeah, and it, like uh, Skinny Pancake, which is like a, a well-known restaurant in Burlington, had set up a temporary restaurant mm. on site, and they had all this food that they brought in, and it was going to expire. So like Fishman and the Mimes and like all other people <laughs> working there and like I guess like guests of the band and stuff, they just like had a huge party uh, in, in the temporary Skinny Pancake. <laughs> That's so funny. That story, I'll never forget hearing that story. It just cracked me up. But did you, either of you, see other fish shows this year? Jonathan, you you both did, right? Um, yeah, I saw, uh, what did I see? I saw Hampton, and that was great. And we, we kind of touched on that earlier. I thought those shows were great, and it was uh, a little hard not to pick one of them. And the reason I didn't pick one yeah. of them is because I couldn't really pick one. They kind of run together in oh, my brain that's head. Interesting. Um I could put together a perfect show from that weekend of music. It would be long, 
but I think a perfect show. <laughs> um, and then I went to I went to MSG again uh, and saw just two nights. I saw the 30, 30th and 31st. I think the 29th may have been the night, but uh, that's that's just how it is for me. I always show up after the night. I don't know. I think the 30th is incredible, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> that was a good show. Yeah. Matt, how about you? I had a good time. Yeah. Oh man, you know, I've I've reached the age where I have to look up my list. Uh what did I say that year? Well, I know on that tour I saw Hampton and uh the first two nights of Vegas. Um, nice. Uh so that was like five shows. I was at Dick's that year, it looks like, Merryweather. Nice. Uh, and then the thirtieth and thirty first at the garden. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. So we were all there at the thirtieth. Yeah. I only saw two shows this year. I saw Camden which was August 7th, just an okay show, but like some really great peaks. And that Down With Disease is one of my favorite jams of the whole summer. And also I saw 12, 30, 18, which was, it's definitely one of my favorite shows of 3.0. I mean, that show is incredible. You've got like the opener with like alumni, Jimmy Page alumni, and then that crazy Mike's groove with the first glide in like since 95, glide I think. Two. Yeah, glide two. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> which is maybe the only thing and okay to replace yeah. I don't know what you think, Jonathan, but is Glide Goo like an okay substitute? Don't go there. <laughs> and also the debut of Bliss in that set. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. That set was wild. And then the second set is just jams on top of jams that everything's right. Plasma, light, shoegaze melt to end. This, this set and this show just totally blew me away. But that was kind of like when I started to promise myself I would never miss a 1230 show. I almost picked that show too. I would have been really happy too. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so. But I loved this show too. I'm excited to get into it. Let's go to Meg's corner really quick and get that done, and then we can move on into the show soon. We got to do some pop culture, and we got to do some pop culture. A little bit of something else. We got something special, kind of. Someone special. It's (laughs) unusual. It's unusual. We'll find out. Um, We have 39 shows in. 2018 um, would have been in the 40s, obviously, if Curveball hadn't happened. There's no Mexico this year. They're going to do a big summer tour, start out west, go down south, down to Texas, back up to the southeast. Then they do this weird thing. They go up to Camden, back down to Raleigh, and to Merriweather. Then Curveball is canceled. Then they return to Dick's for the ninth year in a row. Then they have an excellent fall tour of 14 shows in Albany, Hampton, Nashville, Rosemont, and then Vegas for Halloween with the Casbot Boxed album. And then, of course, what I think is an incredible run at MSG for New Year's Eve. We've got Mercury as the gag. Trey is also going to tour a lot this year. He's going to do two shows at Radio City Music Hall, one with Tab and Dave Matthews for Hurricane Relief for the Virgin Islands in Puerto Rico. And then he's also going to go back in March and join Bob Weir and Phil Lash for a set in the encore. I was so pissed because I was going to go to that show and then bailed last minute and then Trey showed up and I was like, that's what you get. Um, most of his touring that year will be solo acoustic shows though, and there are going to be a few shows with the Tab Trio that summer. Mike's also going to tour with his band a fair amount this year, especially in the winter, and he's even going to play at Camp Green Sky. And Fishman is going to tour a little bit this year with the Mallet Brothers Band out of Maine. I did not remember that. Have you ever heard them, either of you? I've never listened to them. I did probably at the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's where where I'll stay. Yeah, (laughs) that's where I'll stay. Perfect. Yeah, probably. 
right? Um, for debuts this year, we have 14 songs, 13 originals. So the Kazvat Vak songs, two Mike Gordon songs, and my favorite debut of the year, Bliss. And then we have a few live album releases. We've got, of course, Kazvat Vaxed, I Rock, The Complete Baker's Dozen, so 36 CD box set, the whole entire Baker's Dozen. We also have the Baker's Dozen live at Madison Square Garden, which is three CDs, kind of like highlights. But I would say if you really want to learn about the highlights or hear about the highlights of the Baker's Dozen, you should listen to our bonus episode that we recorded because it is awesome and it goes through every night and talks about the highlights. It's really fun. So if you're not a member to Osiris Premium, you should be because that episode is worth it. Very professional plug. I like that. Thanks, Jonathan. I just slid that. that in there, you know? Awesome. Thanks. We have three archival releases, August 12th, 1998 in Vernon Downs. We have August 26th, 1993 from Oregon and September 18th, 1999 from Chula Vista. And then two live bait releases. So a lot coming out this year. And before we get to our special segment. Jonathan, will you do a little bit of Brian's pop culture review? I mean, I can't do Brian's pop culture review, but I can tell you about a <laughs> couple things that happened in 2018. I know there, there were, there are records, there are movies, there's TV shows. I'm just going to say that there were TV shows and we're going to leave that segment at that. Cause I, I don't have a list for you and I don't even <laughs> want to go looking for one. Um, and you know, I looked at some like best movies lists and i i I, they're man i i can't even figure them out so here's a couple good movies though that came out that year um tell me if you've seen any of these uh won't you be my neighbor the documentary about mr oh yeah bohemian rhapsody saw that ballad of buster scruggs (laughs) um hereditary you guys like scary movies that's a hell oh no i would never watch that yeah not so much Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I've seen Super that. It's actually that. good. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Green Book. So some good I movies. Don't... There's probably more good movies. I'm sure Brian is sitting at home right now or wherever he is listening to this. Oh, I will say The Favorite also came out that, that year. If you if you know that, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos did The Lobster. Also, he, he's that oh, movie's crazy. Oh, and I have to say Black Panther came out because that was good, too. If you oh, that was like cool. those mm-hmm. kinds of movies, I do. They're fun. I don't really um, like them, but I did like Black Panther. And I watched the Marvels movie over Thanksgiving weekend, the oh, new one Black with Panther. my nephew. It was cute. I mean, there were kittens that flying in space. Like, it was cute. He loved it. So he's How can you easy. go wrong with yeah, kittens it was fun. in space? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the same problem with the uh, albums from 2018, which is largely because I didn't do a lot of research because I'm a busy man. Um, that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I, I will but. list a couple albums that I know were big and also important and a couple that are kind of important to me. Um, Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer came out in 2018. Mm. People really into that. Uh, Brandy Carlisle had By the Way, I Forgive You. Uh, Kurt Vile's Bottle It In came out in 2018. I love a Kurt Vile record. Same. Um, yeah. Dude, could he could make them. And Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. Oh, uh, yeah. love that album. 
Yes. So good. I, her I, thought, voice. Yeah, I thought you were into that one too, Matt. Yeah. I seem to recall. Oh, um, yeah. I, really? I That's saw my... her maybe on that tour. I saw oh. her on that tour at the end. Oh, wow. And it was like unfreaking believable. That was my favorite really? album from that year. That's one of my favorite albums of the 2010s. I mean, that I absolutely love that album. I mean, this is number two on Rolling Stone's 50 albums of the year. Um, I, wow. I actually, when I saw her, it was. It was supporting. She was supporting that album, but she was opening for um, a guy called named Harry Styles. So, <laughs> no way. She. Yeah. Op- I would die to see her open for was, Harry Styles. Good combo. A hell yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. All right, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, well, no, I will say Cardi B put out a record that year that I think some people are into. Um, so yeah. There's probably more, and feel free to put your favorites in the chat. And we, oh, John Prine's Tree of Forgiveness. I, I meant to mention that one. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, put your favorites in the chat, and maybe we'll, we'll uh, talk about them, but probably not. Um, <laughs> nice, nice honesty there, Jonathan. I like that. Hey, it is yeah. what it is. But it we got, a, we we'll got a lot to get onto. We got a lot to get onto. Before we get into the show, we do have a special guest. He's desperate to come on and share some thoughts about this year. He's a 2018 Stan. He's known in some circles as Young Ryan. Let's bring on Ryan Storm. Oops. See there. Hi. Hello. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having me today. Uh, as I mean, you guys know, and I, I think a lot of people know, I love 2018 uh, a lot. And I think I said to Brian like months ago, uh, I, I asked him to be on this episode. I was like, I was like, if you do a fall 2018 show, I need to talk about it. Uh, and so I appreciate uh, you guys having me on for a few minutes here so I can give my spiel on why I love 2018 fish so much. Yeah. We're so glad you came on. Give it to us. Lay it on. Right. So let's set the scene going into this year. You know, you guys talked about it a little bit, but the Baker's dozen has just happened. We had a, you know, very small touring year. You know, you guys talked about last week. It was like 28 shows in 2017. And then Fish doesn't play a show from December 31st to July 17th. So you have this insanely long break. Uh, you know, the, no, no Mexico, no, you know, early summer tour. Like they, they waited until the middle of July. So I remember feeling at the time like it was an insane drought. And I was like, you know, like we need Fish to start playing again. And then when they do come back, um, you have a lot of, differences i feel like you know the band i think started approaching shows differently in 2018 after the baker's dozen um you know changing up like looking at songs differently like you know we see the renaissance of split open and melt uh starting in the summer trey's new tone which is being constantly tinkered with throughout the whole year and is definitely a bit polarizing in the community and you know had some issues throughout the summer um and i think the year is not best looked at in terms of full shows, which, you know, I guess you can then, you know, make the the point that like, well, then it's not very good. But as Megan said about the Camden show uh, that she went to, that Down With Disease is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then the rest of the show isn't that great. Um, Because another thing about 2018, one of the sloppiest years uh, for Fish compositionally. but why I love it so much is because of the improv and what they're doing when they get into these jams. There are so many uh, shorter jams, longer jams, 
where they're getting into these these deep, deep spaces and exploration. Thank you, Came to Play, uh, for doing that math. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Came to Play said that he just did the math and Ryan was seven years old in 2018. Pretty much. Um, Makes and him an expert. Brian's not here, uh, sadly, but I, you know, one of his favorite things, and I agree, about 2018 is the post-peak jamming. A lot of times in fish, you know, a jam is about building to a peak, and then the peak dies away, and you go into the next song. In 2018, one of the We're hallmarks. We're getting into that. Don't worry. Good. Yeah. But one of the one <laughs> of the hallmarks of the year is you hit this peak, you know, early on, middle of the jam, whatever, and then they keep going. Something like the Alpharetta Carini, you know, would have been a great version if it wrapped up at 12 minutes after that great peak, but then the really good stuff happens afterwards. So there's so much exploration that happens. There's so much good improv in pretty much every single show. And you start to see the effects of the Baker's dozen, you know, when they were like, you know, we need to jam out some songs. We don't normally because we're doing 13 nights in a row with no repeats. And this is part of the road to 2021 where we see that blossom, you know, fully with like, we're going to jam every single song. Uh, So you see like at Hampton in the fall, you know, Camel Walk is nine minutes, but it's the longest jam- Camel Walk to date, uh, you know, pre-2021, of course. Um, but you get things like that. And and the band is led by Mike and Paige so, like, confidently throughout this year. Like, the two of them are the baseline of these dark, synthy, you know, like, just, it, like, it, it's amazing. Um, and that's that's kind of my take on the year um as a whole uh and i feel like i've been talking for too long <laughs> no, uh, well, maybe great. not maybe not too long but uh you will probably hear some reference to some of these points that you're making as we discuss this show so uh but uh i you're not wrong but i would like to go back to the thing you said about you know it's one of the, you you've came here to say this is one of the greatest years and you say most of the shows aren't that aren't good all the way through but some of the jams are good i could say that about some earlier years in 3.0 yes yeah and but, but i don't the jams are not nearly on the level of 2018 they're in just the earlier years of 3.0 in, in my opinion <laughs> i hear i hear the improv in 2018 as like a like huge step forward from where they were a few years prior you know the the exploration and the just going off the deep end into the unknown and they're starting to get to that point where the jams are unfolding very, very quickly. They're getting going very quickly. Something like the the July 24th Carini goes type two in like 10 seconds. Yeah, it's pretty you know, exciting. Like, right? Yeah. And so obviously, you know, you'll talk about 2019 next year and kind of when that kind of goes too far. But um, I'm sorry. <laughs> too far? All right. <laughs> Get the hook. All right. <laughs> I've, I've said my piece. <laughs> Oh, we really appreciate it, Ryan. And <laughs> thank you for having me you. on. <laughs> You're the best. Thanks, and yeah, we totally appreciate your take. And you know, it's interesting thinking about how these years fit together, especially when you think about them in context of the other years. And love that you promote this year and you have this hill to stand on. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. And we are going to move on to play a voicemail from one of our favorite listeners. So I'm going to go ahead and cue that up. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Go away so I can say bad things about 2018. <laughs> we don't want you to hear that. Earmuffs. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and play this. Hey, listeners. 
I want to tell you about Music Masters Collective, a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Stephen Page, Justin Furstenfeld, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe and special guests for Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and so much more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open and spots are already filling up, so register soon. Scholarships are also available and spots are extremely limited, so visit magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. That's magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. Hey there, HF Pod people. It's Brian, the Incredible Perp. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, just uh, leaving my 2018 memory. Uh, I went to that run, and that 11-2 show was amazing. Specifically, that Mercury was probably the highlight of the entire run for me. Um, it was my first Halloween run, and it really reignited my uh, obsession with seeing this band after a few years of only seeing them a handful of times between 2013 and 2017. Uh, a couple of years there, not at all. Uh, yeah, this 2018 run really just put a fire in me to see this band as much as possible. And I love them. And I love you guys. And you're great. And I love the pop. And I will tune in again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. It was so nice Thank to you. hear from you. Yeah. And it's cool to think about that, that there's all these memories that people have of like certain runs or certain shows that reignite them. I totally had that at different moments, especially with the Baker's Dozen. And Jonathan, I'm really glad you chose this show. As Trey says in the end of the show, this is like an old show. And when I heard the encore, I had a feeling why you chose it. But um, I feel like the Vegas, we haven't gotten to talk about a Vegas show on the series yet. And I think that Vegas means a lot to the band. I was curious if you guys have thoughts about like what Fish thinks of or what Vegas means as like a venue or a destination for Fish. 
Well, they yeah, seem to have, uh, until the shows that are going to be coming up this spring, uh, kind of associated it with uh, Halloween, which I think makes sense. Um, sort of environment where people can kind of let their freak flag fly and um, not cause too much of a disturbance. Um, what I always think of with Vegas is like, if you compare it to a place like Hampton where fish fans come and take over and we get bottled inside of this venue for, you know, four hours or whatever, and then let out and it's like, Oh no, the freak shows back out and we swarm and we take back over the space. Vegas, like you leave the venue and the freak show just steps into an even bigger freak show. Like we're not, (laughs) we're not a blip on the radar. Right. So you, it's kind of, crazy to just be like absorbed as part of this whole thing. I think, um, obviously, obviously lots of people like to have a good time in Vegas or a particularly good time. Um, and also like whatever you want, like that you like to do, it's there for you. If you want to gamble, if you want to see another type of show, if you want to go hiking or, you know, do something outdoors, there's great outdoor stuff close by. If you just want to, you know, be drunk for four days straight, you could do that and it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, add to that list only slightly, uh, excellent (laughs) cuisine. Yes. Um, Like you can, you can eat some great food and get away from the strip. I I've gone hiking when I was there. Um, I've, you know, just visited with friends I've eaten. I don't gamble at all. Not my thing, but I can go and, and my time is occupied in Las Vegas. And you're right. When the fish shows let out, except right at the venue and maybe in the bar at the MGM, you know, like right at, you know, near the tower elevators, we just dissipate. It absorbs our energy, madness, money, everything while we're there. (laughs) It's kind of like New York Uh, in that way, right? Like, you know, where you can kind of blend in immediately. Like you can see people still, but you're kind of like in the mix immediately. So New York and like the new venue in Seattle where they played early this year, these uh, like urban venues have that advantage, right? So first Mm -hmm. of all, you're not driving anywhere. I mean, I guess the Vegas locals drive, but um, I don't, Um, you know, you, you, you're posted up somewhere, you walk to eat, you walk, you take a cab, whatever, you know, you just, it's all very, it's like right there, everything you need in one place. Um, Manhattan has that for you too. Um, it's not quite as indulgent with the kind of intense mania that Vegas will allow. Yeah. But plenty of people get away with it, I think. Um, and yeah, so what then you also have the idea that Vegas is, you know, Vegas showrooms are the tradition of Las Vegas going all the way back to the beginning. Like, not only do we have gambling in these nice hotels, but we have a show. Well, Fish actually has been a part of, they're not certainly not the only ones, but a part of elevating that or transforming that to making it, it not, you know, your grandmom's show. You know? Totally, it's, yes. It's the kind of thing that, you know, anybody can go and do. And, and it, so now it's a rock and roll destination too, and yeah. has been since the 90s, at least. Um, and so it's perfect. It, it's horrible. 
and it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> like Manhattan. I mean, it's it yeah. seems like it's one of those places that fish really loves to play. And I think they really enjoy, especially in this, like you see this so much in 3.0, where they like these spaces where they can go play three, four nights in a row, or now seven, 13. You know, I think that they really like to like set down in a place and play there. They feel really comfortable. I mean, they've been at the MGM and Grand for a while now playing there. And, you know, they've done some incredible stuff there. So, you know, it's a place they feel good. April's going to be a big change in that yeah. respect. Um, but, you know, taking it up a few notches in the performance and the show. So, yeah, Vegas is a fun place to go. It's easy. Um, and they they deliver largely, I think. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah. Um, I've been to nearly all of the shows at uh, the awesome. Grand, um, except for the show that we're talking about today, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> other than I think, I think I, I've only missed three of the shows there. Um, I love it. I mean, the venue, it's, it, it's kind of the sad part of them moving to the sphere. It's going to be a cool new experience, but I love the MGM Grand uh, Garden as a venue. Um, it's, the only place where I've ever been walking in and I had a drink in my hand and an usher came up to me as I was about to go through the security line. And as soon as he started saying something, Oh no, I'll, I'll chug it. And he goes, no, 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 sir. Just pour it into this cup. Um, and like you yeah. can just walk in, you could go to your room at set break if you wanted. Um, that is I mean, wild. That's why ushers do not care about anything. You can, you have your ticketed seat of course, but other than like sit wherever you want, um, go wherever you want. People were just hopping the barrier onto the floor and nobody gave a shit. Like, um, it's, it's, a it's like fun, the nineties. That's fun. Yeah. And, and small because, um, because it's not a hockey arena, it's primarily built for boxing. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind oh. of like more of a basketball sized arena. It's small. It's, t it's tight. Like you feel like you're on top of the band, no matter where you are. And it also has that thing going for it. Like, um, the garden used to have where there's not like multiple levels. It's just like oh. one continuous bowl that wraps around. So like it feels very, very intimate and not like big and corporate-y. And you can so always get to your friends unless they're on the floor and you're not. Yeah, because you yeah. can just go around. Oh, that's the yeah. best. That's that. so nice. Yeah. Jonathan, why'd you pick the show? Oh, I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> make up, make it up, please. <laughs> no, I, I think, honestly, I, I, I told you guys this earlier as if it were a joke, but I think I honestly picked it because it's a good show and it has bike. Yeah. And, um, but there's some good jamming in this show. It's not a perfect show. Um, and we will get into that. I know Matt has some notes to that effect, yeah, <laughs> but it is, uh, but there's some great stuff here and it's a lot of fun. And I, yeah, I think that, uh, I think it's a good example. It has some of the, uh, Ryan mentioned the, um, like what I always refer, I've referred to as like the machine jamming. I, I came, I don't know who came yeah. up with that term, but I associate that a lot with something that I saw at Hampton, but also it's in some of these jams like the Mercury and, and that stuff is really driven by some grinding tones that Paige was using and Mike driving really deep bass lines under them. And they, they're really, really cool sounds. Some of that's in here. Um, obviously there's no Cosmet Fox cause they played it earlier right. in the run. Um, but it's, uh, oh, there's just a couple teases. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's a solid show and it's a good example. Yeah. Do you want to lead us into it? Do you want to read set one for us? Oh, do I? Uh, yeah. Let's see what ha- happened on this night. Set one, cavern, beauty of my dreams. If I could, weigh sand back on the train, Martian monster, Mercury into Susie Greenberg. Nice. How about that? Matt, do you want to get us started with your thoughts on the set? So here's what I don't like about 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Just go right into it. Perfect. I love it. Sorry, folks. Matt's going to go right for it. So just for some, for some context, uh, and I think it's hilarious that you had Ryan on earlier to talk about this because um, he's probably one of the people that I'm talking about here. There are a lot of people <laughs> that are very, very enthusiastic about fall 2018, mm-hmm. and I'm not one of them. Um, I think there's some good stuff. There's certainly highlights, right? And I'll, and that'll apply to this show as well. But overall, it's, I think this is where some people complain now. And, and I agree to a certain extent, um, except for like kind of re- much recently, but like, feels like after the Baker's dozen, there was a sort of sameness about a lot of the jams. Like you could bucket the jams into like one of several categories. Like it's a bliss jam or it's going to, you know, it's going to do this. It's going to do that. And this is kind of around the the time where like, I kind of stopped re-listening to a lot of shows. Like, Mm. um, because it would be like, I'd have so much fun in the moment and it would be great. And I'd love the jam and everything, but I'd be like, I don't really feel a need to listen to that jam again because like there's like 10 other jams that I think sound like it. Um, and I think, this is where that really started to happen. And I had, I I think it's easy to look in retrospect and see that based on the years that have followed. I just had a premonition about it at the time that like jams that people were flipping out about. I was like, "Eh, that's nice. But like, I don't think there's anything super unique about it or special. Um, You know, that said, there were some really good stuff going back to Hampton. The, um, uh, I remember that there was a great golden age the first night. Uh, and there was the simple yeah. that everybody knows from the third night. Um, but even with that simple, like there's lots of just like very peaky jams from that year. So like, absolutely p- pick mm-hmm. one, you know, um, the other thing is I, I think that this tour rightly so often gets compared to, or is looked at as like a sibling to the fall 2013 tour. Um, they played a lot mm. of the same venues. Uh, it was, you know, um, leading up to a Halloween where they were debuting some new material. Um, and, uh, I thought that fall 2013 was absolutely amazing for the exact opposite reason of the way that I feel about 2018. Every single jam was like something you had never, ever heard before. And it was like, they were composing new songs on the spot. So if you're going to make that comparison, that's just kind of like, I guess like the, the basis for where I'm coming from when I say that, as I told you guys in, before the show, I, I didn't love this show when I listened to it. Um, I think it's got a couple of nice things, but overall I think the band sounds really tired, uh, which is, you know, it's the end of the tour, the end of the four nights um, in Vegas, even though they treat their bodies better, I'm sure it's like got a wear on you. Um, but I, um, I'm distracted by Ryan in the chat. I, I, Just ignore him. We've laughing. gotten used to it. Oh, hang on. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel him real quick. Bad Matt. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. There's also a no, lot of yeah. jaded vets uh, accusations here. You're being called a jaded vet, Matt. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I just like I, to say I'm older than are. Matt. Yes. And I picked if, it. Yes. Oh, go. no. So, and, and, so not and all way, jaded vets feel this way. <laughs> loved Castle Voxed. Um, and I loved the night before this. I loved the first. And I had fun at the Hampton shows. And I, I, I these are not bad things. Um, and I also think it's funny because anybody who has been tuned into HF pod for quite a long time knows that I'm anything but a, but a jaded vet. Yeah. Right. Jonathan Definitely. just happened to pick a show that I don't, I, I, maybe I'm I listened to super excited about this and I, I listened to it great. today and I was like, I don't know. It's fine. So Matt, I would like to hear you talk about what, if any highlights you found in the first set. Mercury. The Mercury yeah. is the highlight of the night. Uh, it's a fantastic jam. Um, the uh, this I love the Casva uh, Vox synth tones um, that Paige uh, kind of carries over into this Mercury. Um, but then you get into that like I called it in my notes a sludgy jam. That's, that's that very machine jamming or whatever. Yeah, but and jam. and that's kind of like everywhere. Uh, and it's in a lot of like almost every split open and melt since then. Kind of sounds like that and so it's it's good it's just like i'm not going to be like oh man i have to go back to the vegas mercury um but the thing that i absolutely loved about it was the sparse ornate jam at the end with trey sort of like fishman completely drops out and trey's kind of playing the mercury theme um and it's absolutely gorgeous and i wish that had been the entire jam yeah (laughs) i love that part um I want to come back to it and just, but first I will say that I really like, I like the song selection on this set. Uh, Most of it doesn't really blow my hair back. Not just because it's so short. Um, (laughs) Love beauty in my dreams. If I could has a gorgeous solo from Trey and it is a nice kind of rarity. And I haven't even seen, I haven't seen that song since 94. So what the fuck? Come on. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just had to make sure we get our, you know, uh, explicit rating for this episode. Um, and otherwise, it is pretty stock standard. This the sand is is fine and good. Back on the train, fine and good. Martian Monsters short hadn't really found really found the legs that it might later, arguably. But even still, it's not really ever been a huge huge jammer um and this mercury is amazing i it it actually i feel it's got like two quieter passages so the initial jam is um quieter may not be the right word but trey's doing a lot of like long stretched out notes yeah uh as they're but they haven't it's before the sledgy bit and it's really it's melodic uh but it's it's different to the later part the sledgy bit is fun it's interesting, and maybe because I didn't listen to a bunch of 2018 and haven't for a while, it felt pretty novel today, this week for me. And if you are only going to one show or one jam, then you're going to do fine. If you do listen to a lot of them, you're going to run into what Matt's talking about. And I totally mm-hmm. agree with you, Matt, um, that there is a lot of similarity in the jams. I do like that this sound has found its home in Split Open and Melt because it belongs in Split Open and Melt. Yeah. It's a very Split totally. Open and Melt weirdness. But then that last part... They break it down. So two things have happened. First of all, they've played a big jam and 
it dies down quietly and it, they could have, there's a bit where they could easily just go into taste. It sounds almost like they're going to yeah. play taste. They do not play taste, which is fine because they keep going. And this is the thing we've talked about in the past weeks where uh, since 2013, they've been working to, and in 2017, very committed to the pushing past the, you know, we've peaked this jam. It's been good. Let's keep going. And they kept yeah. going and they get to this just gorgeous little place where, yeah, Trey is dancing around the, uh, the mercury, like the nets unbreakable melody way up on the neck. And it is, I, I was actually noodling on my guitar along with him today. Listening to it is one of the ways I like to listen to, to big jams these days. Cause you can hear where they modulate and whatnot. Like I can hear that better if I'm with them and they didn't really do that, which is interesting. Uh, they just kind of stay there um, and fool with it for a little while. And it's beautiful. And then Susie Greenberg to wrap up just, the set. Yeah, I like so it. Interesting. I, I really liked this set. It's so interesting to hear you say that Matt too, because I felt like they sounded really energetic. I felt like they came out and sounded pretty hungry during the cavern. And then, I think if you have a set that has a bust out that's really emotional, like if I could, and Jonathan's similar, like when I heard it 12, 30, 22, I hadn't heard it since 96. So this song is like never played, you know, I mean, it had been played in 2014, but it's rarely played. And this song is just to me, one of the most romantic, best things Fish has ever written. It's just, this song kills me. And to play, it's really emotional and beautiful. So I think when you have that and an over 20 minute jam, I feel like this is a, like a great first set for me. And I What's think beauty of my dreams. Come I know. On, and it's friends. well played and it's lovely. It's like, I think this, this set doesn't really seem like it has flow, but to me, it kind of does. I think the sand has really great wild peaks. It's only 11 minutes, but it is like pure hose for the last like three, four minutes. It's wild. I don't love Trey's tone this year. It's like really sharp to me. It sounds like not warm at all. And, but I think it kind of works in the sand. It's kind of like, I don't know, a little like abrasive almost, you know, no pun intended there, but, um, the mercury, I think you both talked papery? about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you both talked about it beautifully. Um, this was kind of when mercury was really jamming a lot, right? Like it's been played 38 times, the jam charted 13 times, and most of them happened before or within 2019. So this is a song that needs to come back to the jam. Like they played a little bit of a longer one, I think in like Alpharetta and like one in 21, but they've really not been like stretching this song out. And I love how the beginning of this jam stays type one for a while, for like 15 minutes or so. It's still within the Mercury, which is so perfect because this song is so like built for that. It has so much space to move around in. And I think it it's a cool type one jam. And I think you both talked about it beautifully. The end part is just, I think Paige really stands out you know, at like 20 minutes in, they start to peak and Trey's playing like these repeated high notes and Paige is going off on the piano. And then they hit that huge peak and then he just lays on the organ and it's like, oh, it's so good. And then there's like, or like crashing cymbals and organs swirling. There's just so much going on. And yeah, I love that like 
crunchy, dark groove and that last few like super interesting moments. It's just, I feel like they sound like they have a lot of ideas left still, even in like the trail off, which is always kind of what I'm looking for. Like, are you still thinking, are you still in that exploratory space, even if it's melting away? And yeah, I think Susie's a fine set closer. It's not my favorite song, but um, that's my hot take for the day. <laughs> that's I like that. That's a good, good hot take. I mean, it's what it, <laughs> it's a rock song. It's fine. fine. I think I've just heard it good so many times. It, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jonathan, do you want to read set two for us? Well, I think RJ would appreciate it if we take a short break for everybody who is listening after the fact. Everybody listening live will see me do this. And we'll go ahead into set two, which uh, reads a little something like this. Soul Planet into Down with Disease, into Gaiuti, sneaking Sally through the alley into light, into Slave to the Traffic Light. With an encore of Hold Your Head Up into Bike, a little more Hold Your Head Up and Good Times, Bad Times. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matt, take There's us into set here. two. I love it was all awful. No, uh, <laughs> I loved um, Mike's playing on the Soul Planet. Um, Jonathan, I think maybe actually I think it was Ryan earlier said uh, that Paige and Mike uh, really shine in this year, and I have to agree with that. Trey's kind of just traying, um, almost <laughs> bordering on a little bit of a whale call situation. But Mike is playing his tone and his, uh, choice of notes, uh, is very, very tasteful. Um, and I was kind of zoning in on him. Um, once again, probably my favorite part of the whole set is this space between soul planet and down with disease. I mean, it's just, it's too brief, uh, but it's absolutely beautiful. I wish they'd as they did with Mercury kind of like stayed there for a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, light was good. Uh, I felt like they kind of got the energy back, um, at this point after the, the disease, which was a little uneven for me. Um, but once again, this, it has the same fall 2018 vibe. Um, and, but then once again, uh, space at the end of that gorgeous, go before they go into slave. Um, so it's those little moments in between songs where they're finding some really nice places to, to stay and explore. Um, so it was a good, it was a good set, but I, I do think overall, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I, th I feel like there's a lot of like last night of tour kind of exhaustion, mm -hmm. um, going on here. The other thing that I just realized that maybe I'm, is causing me to think this is that this is kind of in the, era when the tempos all started to go down a little bit before mm. the last couple of years when they seem to be making a conscious effort to speed things back up. Um, so like if I could, like you mentioned, I love that song. It was difficult for me to listen to it because it was like too slow and it almost oh, trace solo, man. It's His solo emotional. is very nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very nice, but like the groove, like they just couldn't get into it quite enough and i feel like in this set it that's kind of peppered throughout where they just sound like they're sort of tired but then you know when they expel less energy and get into those quiet spaces it's mm. it's gorgeous there's a lot going on megan what what did you think of this set i really thought the flow of this set was pretty awesome i think that starting off with the soul planet you know this one's not jam charted i'm kind of surprised about that it's been played 25 times since its debut there's 10 entries in the jam chart 
And, you know, I think this one is, is interesting. It has like a searching feeling to it. It has like a big peak. And then, like you said, Matt, that really spacey melts, which is really cool. And I love how it ends in the down with disease, like intro, which is like perfect. The oi koma va, even a quote I could hear, tease I could hear, you know, I don't, I never hear any tease and I'm like, oh my God, I hear this one. Um, super fun, just like playful, fun. And then I think Gayuri actually really works here. I feel like it's a really inspired choice. It's not perfectly played, but good enough. Like this is such a special song to hear that like, I feel like you shouldn't really care if the song is played perfectly because you're getting Gayuri and like, that's fun. So like get over it. And the last, I think, fourth quarter of this show, though, is great. I think the Sally is the perfect, like, funk injection that you need at this point in the show. Like, you're ready to just, like, throw down and dance. And this is monster funk. A super juicy, great version. I love it. I put it on this morning again, and it just made my morning. I was like, I haven't even had my coffee yet, and I am ready to go because this Sally is awesome. And yeah, I mean, I think the light has, again, a lot of emotion. I think that there's that stood out to me about the show that, that I didn't love Trey's tone. I, I hear what you're saying, Matt, about them finding the same space, but they had a lot of emotion. And maybe that is kind of like when you're tired and when you're at the end, you're just kind of letting it all go. And I kind of tapped into that a lot during the show. I felt like the peak in light had this feeling that you're it's kind of like you go over the waterfall and everything starts kind of like melting away. It's right at the end of like the 11 minute mark. And then it felt like you're kind of drifting in a river and, but the raft is still kind of spinning after the peak and you kind of come down from that adrenaline of the plunge and you start like looking around and hearing the sounds of the forest and it just kind of dissipates into slave. And this is a beautiful, really emotional slave. And I thought it was sounded very like throwback slave, like the kind of perfect slave you hear at the end of a set. So I really, I really like this set a lot. I thought the flow was great. Um, I don't want to go into the encore because I want to hear your thoughts on this set, Jonathan. Um, ditto. No, uh, not quite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with you guys that the the peak is not the right word, but the kind of highest point of this soul planet jam is probably my favorite part of certainly the first half of this set. I really like where they get on this. I think that this should be, we should probably submit this for a uh, jam chart version because I've seen some pretty short things on those jam charts. This is only yeah. a 16 minute version. It's got some creative playing. Um, it's interesting. Uh, the down with disease is uh, a little bit, I like them together. I think as taken as a, a pairing, like in this example, these two songs and take them as a piece. I think that works. It works very well in this show. Um, and that's a good, what almost 30 minutes of music yeah. I think is great. Uh, I think the Gaiuti, um, I would skip it next time I listen to this show. I will skip it. <laughs> you're like, Oh, it's fine. It, it, no, they completely tray, completely train wrecks the peak. Yeah. And that's, that's going to happen. If I, I, I can live with it, I've forgiven him, but I won't I will skip <laughs> it next time I put on this show. Um, the Sally's cool. The light, I think that the light and what's to come for the the re remainder of the set, um, you can hear at the end of it, the way they're singing the repeated refrain, light is growing, and Trey is like practically screaming it. 
and you know you know something's coming out of him something's yeah it's not the biggest jam of the night of course uh but i think that it's it's kind of consequential and then pays off even bigger with the slave the slave is awesome i really like this slave if they didn't play the mercury in the first set we probably wouldn't be talking about this show but also um (laughs) slave might would be my highlight because i like this slave a lot um and i and i will go back and listen to this one again because Mm -hmm. i think it's really good um and and it slams into the finish beautifully um and then the encore encore is fun this is like yeah. they feel good about the show they just played kind of encore. Um, Absolutely. They are having a good time in Vegas kind of encore and they bring out Fishman and he does bike and fishes, you know, self deprecating. like, I don't take anything seriously except music. <laughs> yeah. so, I, that, take that seriously. Nothing else. You know, and they, they sing bike, which is a, just a fun, ridiculous song sung in a fun, ridiculous way by a fun, ridiculous band. And what could be better? Probably a lot of things, but I'm very <laughs> happy with it. Um, and then, and yes, there's the twerking. Um, I did not look this up for a video, but I bet there's one out there if you want to see that sort of thing. Um, it is, uh, it's so fun. And of course, what a perfect way to rap. You got to end up with a rock and roll song. Good times, bad times is absolutely perfect for that moment and uh, a good time yeah i love that trey's like i don't even know what what do we play next like we can't <laughs> yeah what do we, how do you what do we do? i love that yeah matt what'd you think of the encore uh i mean it's great i mean even by fishman's standards bike is a complete train wreck um <laughs> i love i've heard hearing, worse i've loved yeah. hearing like page repeatedly trying to give him his note <laughs> the notes and, and he just was not like he couldn't get anywhere near it um so i mean but like he's got the ear of a drummer he's he but he's also like the one member of the band that like when something goes wrong he's so good at leaning into it and making a thing so like if they had like played bike as well as they've ever played you wouldn't have the you know and the the banter all after that and all that kind of stuff i mean it reminds me honestly like of the um meriwether 2014 show when they wound up doing part of Jennifer dances. It was the right. same yeah, kind yeah. of like train. It was like, I don't moment. know. This it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's, I actually, I mean, the encore is probably the most consistently awesome part of the show as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's so true. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's great this. fish without it's, question. It's uh, no other fish. band could pull this, yeah. this encore off. Yeah, it's why we love them. I was looking at the numbers. And so Hold Your Head Up, right? It's been played 537 times, which you kind of half that, right? Because it's played on both ends. Only 11 times has it opened an encore. So that's not very often. I don't, this clearly was not planned because they come out and yeah, Fishman doesn't know what he's doing at all. And I love that Trey's like yelling all this like Bob Weaver stuff and I think it's so fun, playful. The vacuum is actually kind of fun. But at the end is my favorite part when Fishman's like, this is the funnest band in the world. This is the funnest job. Thank you so fucking much. Thank you. And then he's like, tries to run off stage and says, I can't run because my hip sucks. It's just like, it's just so, and then he's must be walking slowly and Trey's like, Bob Weaver, 
Bob Weaver, Bob, Bob. Problems. Right? It's just, it's so much fun. And like, you can hear them and Fishman then like introduces the rest of the band. Like they never do that anymore, you know, and they thank everyone for coming. And it's just so playful. And, and Trey says that, yeah, where do you go after that? It's not often you get to see something like that. This is like an old show. And that's when, you know, they feel good and they're having a blast. It it is, it's like an early nineties show. And I love it. I think good times, bad times, like you said, Jonathan, just the perfect kind of capstone on that. So I loved this encore and I really liked listening to the show and it was fun to get into it today. Matt, I'm glad you were here with your, with your hot takes. This is, yeah, this was great. I mean, you guys even gave me an excuse to take a shower today. So like, it's, it's like a <laughs> bonus. Hey, what usually <laughs> comes to root? Here in my cave, just like, oh, I, is this the same shirt I was wearing yesterday? Oh, <laughs> Have I left? Have I slept here? Yeah. Yes. I, I just love that you came and brought bad reviews. You know, Matt is, do is the curveball for the show. You know, he's just like, the show is kind of eh. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, we haven't had enough of that in this series. So thank you, Matt. It's been a lot of fun to have you back on with us here. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, I hope we come back again soon, Matt. And I'm hoping I'm going to see you at MSG. I have a feeling I'm going to. Yeah, you probably will. <laughs> Good chance. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll be back next week with 2019. I have not picked my show yet. I am the person who gets to pick this week. And I don't know. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I have a list of four or five right now that I'm narrowing okay. it down. So we'll see. I have, we, what's the deadline, Jonathan? Sunday? Is that when we have to announce? About 10 minutes from now. Um, but I just <laughs> oh, want to point shit. out that I didn't pick a 1230 show for 2018. You didn't. I know. I mean, is that just too obvious though? It's like one of my favorite shows of all time. That's it's just, show. and it's very not indicative of the year though. Don't, don't, don't overthink it. Just pick some random show because Fishman does something. Or um, <laughs> I love that. Or, or awesome. can, I, can I can I drop a plug before we? Uh, before yeah, we let's Part do ways. it. Some of you know out in the community. I've I've been working for Casher Trade for about the last uh, little over a year. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming up, in, uh, including we're going to be. This is HF Pod exclusive. We're going to be launching a new app very, very, very soon. So stay tuned. Um, it's wow. going to be amazing. And uh, go and check us out on socials. We've got lots of really cool things. Our marketing department is amazing. And they've um, got uh, some contests going on. We've got like 12 days of fish miss. There's like um, giveaways for New Year's Eve uh, tickets for like a whole bunch of artists, including fish. I think we have like a four, like a pair of four day GAs to give away. And, wow. um, uh, like I think Billy strings and leftover salmon and Neil Francis and like all this stuff. So, uh, go check it out, uh, for all of your ticketing needs and, um, for winning f- cool free shit. That's awesome. Sounds good. Love cash or trade. So important what you guys are doing and so glad that you're there with them. They're lucky to have you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Everyone. Osiris. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.